continuing my thoughts around Mel Robbins' book, The High Five Habit. Take control of your life with one simple habit. So I will say that I'm still playing around with this high five in the mirror thing. It sounds a little funny. Here's what I'm finding though. I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying this is the end all be all technique that will change your life. Maybe the way the subtitle of the book does. However, I am playing with it just somewhat casually to see what I'm getting from it. What I have found is sometimes I just do it in the mirror in my office. Sometimes I I do it in the bathroom, but there's something about doing it right after getting out of bed. So before you change into anything else or whatever you do, try it. The first thing you need to turn on the light and high five the mirror in whatever state you find yourself in. And don't do a hit and run. Do Spend 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds there and just be with yourself. See what happens. Do an experiment. So in the part I shared last time, it was a, a lead up to a section where uh, Mel is in an Uber in Dallas with a guy named Eduardo. And Eduardo is an aspiring actor. And I'm not going to go into all the back and forth here, but essentially he's an aspiring actor hoping that someday he'll become an actor or be an actor. And he's hoping that someday he'll have some connection that will make that happen. I don't know much about Mel Robbins from what I understand. She's in television or was in television and has all kinds of connections and whatever. And so, uh, her thing to him is, dude, if you want to become an actor, you need to be where acting happens, and that's Los Angeles and New York. When are you going to move and what's standing in the way? And so a lot of the narrative that I'm not sharing here but is in the book is around her. She's essentially coaching him and giving him a good kick in the butt while he argues for his own limitations as to why it's not possible. And funny enough towards the end as as she's kind of wrapping that part up, there was another section that really struck me that tied into where I was at last time and also reflects, I guess, some of the learning that I've had in the last couple of years. So I'm going to read this next section and then try to tie it together for you. When you sit there like I did and you get mad and frustrated with Eduardo, I hope it makes you think about the ways you're holding yourself back because you're scared. Doing nothing is a decision. Waiting is a decision. You think chasing your dream is the risk. You're wrong. The greatest risk is always doing nothing. I'm going to challenge that a little bit. But if you fail, you can always go back to what you're doing right now. And based on research, if you fail, you are twice as likely to be successful the next time you try. I guess that explains my success. You are Eduardo. You have a dream you think about all the time while you're driving in a car or standing in the shower or sitting at your desk or reading this book or washing the dishes or walking the dog. Just like Eduardo, you're thinking and waiting for the perfect time or someone to discover you or give you permission. You're waiting until all the things line up, waiting to be ready. All that waiting is killing your dreams.
What deadline do you need to set for yourself? Can you commit to a date right now? In the next three weeks, turn yourself towards you what you want. Can you take out a notebook and start writing down the evidence that is that it is meant to be? Can you visualize the steps that lead you there? Eduardo felt it was a sign that I stepped into his car. So let's call the fact that you're holding this book in your hand a sign that it's time for you to wake up and start changing your life. That happens the minute you choose to do it. Every day you can wake up, look at yourself in the mirror, and high-five yourself forward. Or you can say, ugh, and keep driving in circles. I hope you take the wheel of your life and turn it in the direction of your dreams and cheer yourself forward. I believe in you. I think you're capable of making it happen. But it's going to be up to you. You will always have a million excuses not to do it, not to feel like it, not to believe in yourself. The only thing that matters in your life is the actions you're taking. The more you consistently take action, the faster you will start to believe in yourself because you will see proof that you are not the kind of person who sits around and feels unworthy. There's no perfect time, perfect plan, or perfect moment. There's only right now, and you're right on time. As you drive around and think about the life you want, that dream gets shoved further and further into the back of your mind. It's not leaving you, but it starts to haunt you. Your dreams are your responsibility. No one is coming. Steve Chandler used to say that all the time. I thought it was hilarious. Hilarious, scary, sad, and also kind of a wake-up call. The idea that no one's coming to save you. If you are sitting in Dallas, dreaming of being an actor, and waiting for an agent from California to find you, no one is coming. If you are lying on your couch in London waiting for someone to set you up on a date, no one is going to do it. If you think about growing your business in Sydney and you're waiting for the first client to magically appear and buy scare care from you, it's not happening. Editorial insert while editing. I just realized I said a scare pair. <laughs> I just realized I said a scare care product. It's probably some Freudian slip. It's supposed to be a skin care product. If you want a new future, act like it. No matter how scared you are, just start. Wake up every day and high-five the person you see in the mirror. Then set a deadline and get started. Here's what I want to push back on, or maybe it's not so much push back on, but expand. Because I know that I've been trapped here a lot. And what I hear and get triggered by a little bit and is probably holding you back a little bit too is this notion that you always have to be in action or nothing's going to happen. So it's this, this idea that if you don't do anything, nothing can possibly happen. This is a lot of what I've been practicing. Well, I said the last two years, really in the last year, but it feels like I, I keep leaning into it more and more and more. And that is redefining what action is and redefining what nothing is. Because I think that becomes inner critic Scooby Snacks too. <laughs> In the sense of we can fall into a place of defining action and progress and nothing in very specific ways and in ways that convince us that we're never going to get anywhere. I don't know that I have a clear way to redefine action and nothing in this moment. However, I want to challenge them and I want to challenge you to think about what they really mean. One of my favorite questions stealing from Byron Katie would be, how would I know that's true? Or is that true? So on a day when you're not making 
progress towards your dreams or your dream or your goal and maybe you're being really hard on yourself that nothing's happening or that you're not doing anything, the question to ask could be, is that true? Or how would I know that's true? And this can be particularly tricky if you're in the process of slowing down and slowing down and slowing down even more. So when I sit in stillness at my desk, sometimes I've done it for 30 minutes or 45 minutes. I just sit here and I do absolutely nothing. Now, is that really nothing? I mean, if you read Mel Robbins too literally, you could say, well, gosh, John, that 45 minutes you spent at your desk doing, quote, nothing was not action. So you're not going to get any closer to your dream. I don't believe that's true. I have had so many moments of sitting in stillness at my desk or meditation or whatever you want to call it. Sometimes There's all kinds of different terms for this. I've just kind of like made up my own. Some people might call it mindfulness meditation. <laughs> I don't care what it's called. It's not anything special. I don't like put on yoga tights. I don't have any, but I, <laughs> I don't, I don't sit cross-legged, cross-legged and, and do some like super duper special meditation thing. Uh, it's different all the time. So yes. So all I'm trying to say here is sometimes it's closing my eyes and setting my little meditation timer for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Sometimes it's consciously sitting at my desk. Maybe I'll light a candle or something, but I'll sit at my desk with just a completely empty surface and I will just sit here and I will consciously do nothing. But I believe in that nothingness and this has happened. As I'm sitting there, things float in. As I completely stop and just sit, ideas and things, and I also don't make any attempt to capture or write anything down. The whole goal is to just completely stop and be open and present. I also, during that time, sometimes sense into my body. What am I sensing? You know, can I feel my feet, my legs, or maybe I'll start at the top, very top of my head and just scan all the way through my body and just see what's there. Is there tension? Is there stiffness? Is there aliveness? Is there uh, different temperatures? Like are my feet cold or is my heart beating faster than normal or whatever else is going on? So I believe those kinds of activities, if consciously chosen, are not doing nothing, are not procrastinating, are not being out of action and thereby not realizing or working yourself towards your dreams. A couple of afterthoughts that just came to me. The whole thing, if you're looking for a sign, it reminds me of one of my favorite lines from the Brendan Burchard video around quitting that I'm going to link to. <laughs> I love it when he says, the sign is the sign. Or if you're looking for a sign, the sign is a sign. So yes, it could be too that in getting to whatever you want to get to, you do need to consciously quit something and set a deadline. Just like but when her book, she's kind of advocating setting a deadline to start working towards your your dream or your goal. Brendan's advocating setting a day to stop what you're doing and quit what you're doing to thereby get closer to meeting your goal. Anyway, I'll link to it. It's totally worth watching. I watch it all the time. It's on my about page. It's totally valuable. And then I had another thought I was going to add and it's completely escaped me. So I'm going to sit here for a few minutes and see if it comes to me. 
I won't make you wait that long. I'll probably cut out the silence, but we'll see if it comes. My original thought or idea had something to do around consciously choosing or consciously being. And I think that is one of the keys to so much of this, so much of life. (laughs) Are we consciously choosing certain things or are we reacting to what's going on around us or reacting to what we're scared of by not doing anything. I think there's power in Mel Robbins' admonition that if you aren't doing anything, nothing's going to happen. But I guess I would want to nuance that or take it a level deeper to focus on what's what you're consciously choosing. So in, I guess in the case of Eduardo choosing to continue to drive Uber or move to California, is he avoiding taking any action unconsciously because he's scared? Or is he consciously deciding, you know what, I'm going to drive Uber for six more months, I'm going to save up this much more money, and then I'm going to jump. And again, only he can decide if that's fear or procrastination or whatever. I think my maybe my wrap on all of this is yes, what are you consciously choosing and are those conscious choices do they seem to be taking you closer to what you want or further away from what you want? And if that's not clear, just like in my last episode about this book, (laughs) it might be helpful to talk to someone to have a conversation with someone, to get out of your head. Or maybe get out of your head by writing in a journal or writing it out or something. This is not a sneaky advertisement for coaching. It's really an encouragement to get out of your head and get out of your own way if you're stuck by interacting with another person or another medium that might get you moving. (laughs) By medium, I mean like writing or conversation uh, versus meeting with a medium, which I don't really know anything about. Okay, one more afterthought. This is like the morning of afterthoughts. I've been helping a client with some resources on a particular leadership topic, and I, I keep <laughs> I keep sending them more things that come to mind. Uh, incidentally, after I sat here for 10 minutes in stillness. So The other thing that I'm learning and that I'm kind of doing in front of you real time here is the original desire to do more sharing here on the podcast and taking more action, I'm actually putting into practice and it'll be interesting to see where this goes. It's kind of an experiment at this point, but here's what I'm doing. Typically when I do an episode I have an idea, I might create a mind map, an outline, sort of a plan, and then I'll record it, maybe record it with a guest, then I might add an intro to it. I do all that in like fairly 
raw recordings. And then I would bring them into Logic Pro and I would do all kinds of audio geekery and production to them, like EQ and compression and noise removal and, you know, then add the music and then add the thing at the end. And I had some of this, well, a lot, <laughs> this also ties into another subject around judgment, which is I just am becoming increasingly dismayed with the raft of new podcasts and the intros with Mr. Voice and, you know, this is the podcast where you'll get tips and tricks to do blah, blah, blah. And just like, ugh. and then, you know, seven minutes later, the episode really starts because the music is played and the guy has stopped talking and the ads have stopped running. And anyway, <laughs> I don't know, maybe in five years, I'll be that guy too. Who knows? That judgment, I've got some work to do there, uh, is also informing just a quicker and dirtier version of this podcast to see what what I can do. So what I did last time and what I did this time is raw recording into a version of Audacity. For you open source software fans out there, you'll know what Audacity is. Um yeah, I'm using this super old version of Audacity from 2015. I've just never seen any reason to upgrade it because it just does everything I need to do. Anyway, I drag these raw audio files into Audacity. I clean up the really big goofs. Sometimes I make a goof and then do another quick take. And then I'm just adding compression, which is kind of a, think of that as leveling if you don't know anything about audio production. And then I'm just publishing it. And there's definitely, definitely, definitely some good uh, brain chemistry that happens when you create something and put it out there and then you're done. So there's a little behind the scenes meta as to <laughs> what I'm playing with here, how I'm playing with it. And I'm also just continuing to try to keep an openness to what I don't know about what else I could be doing here in terms of continuing to keep the flywheel turning. That might be through taking action. It might be through doing nothing. That's really something. We'll see. 